Hey everyone, it's Jeanette Gross and I'm here to talk to you about Rick Simpson oil. <laughs> if you listened to the last podcast, you heard that I have worked myself up to one gram per day of Rick Simpson oil, which Craig did the math is a thousand milligrams of cannabis. So Rick Simpson oil is the whole entire um, cannabis sativa plant. They use every part of it and it's through a process of basically boiling, melting down um, the whole entire plant. And so what the result is, is syringes full of a dark, very sticky substance that um, smells and tastes like cannabis. And uh, I'm up to the point where I have to take it through a suppository because if I took it orally, I would not be moving. So for me to actually be sitting here doing this is proof that yes, you can work yourself up to this level. Um, it was hard the first, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on my sixth week. I'm, yesterday I started my sixth week and that's the day that I started the one gram. Um, the first three weeks were really hard because I was taking it orally with CBD, but it was really in my head. It was not only a head high, it was a body high. And so now what I'm experiencing is it is a lot of body. My body right now feels so relaxed. Um, but I just, yeah, I just wanted to encourage anybody that is dealing with cancer that this, this <laughs> it may seem daunting at first and the protocol may seem strange or unfamiliar because it's all up to how you and your body process it. It's just like Western medicine in the sense of if somebody gives you um, a pain med, uh, you may need more than the next person to you, next to you. And so it's whatever your body can handle. And I think you just have to be patient with yourself and just, and go into it with a mindset of, I am going to do this um, and be ready to slow down. Um, I'm sure if you've gotten a cancer diagnosis, course your whole your whole world is um you know is disrupted and the people around you that are supporting you need to be on the same page as you that fact that you're going to be slowing down and they need and you need their help and you need their support so the day that i said that i'm doing this was the day that everyone agreed in my house that would be taking care of me that we were all ready to slow down and make changes in the way that we interact with each other and make plans. We were all going to slow down together. Um, so yeah, I have a few questions that uh, Craig asked me to answer. And so Cipriano is going to ask me questions and I'm just going to answer um, whatever questions he has. All right. So, First question, 
feeling words. So, <laughs> how do you feel on RSO? How do I feel on RSO? My whole entire body is relaxed. And so that's an indication for me to slow down and lay down and let the medicine do its work. Um, the feelings, <laughs> your emotions are heightened. I mean, just as if you would be smoking cannabis or ingesting cannabis just, you know, recreationally. You get to a level of awareness <laughs> and things are really heightened. Um, and that includes feelings. So, for instance, <laughs> one time my son Nolan like hit his head on something and he was on the ground in, you know, crying, oh, my head, my head. And I came out and it, I mean, it seemed like he was in a lot of pain. And so I know that he doesn't like to be touched or talked to when he's like dealing with pain. So I waited for a little while and then he kept holding his head and moving around. And I thought, is he having some like a seizure? Like it was like way different because he was just going on and on about it. And so I actually touched him and I said, Nolan, are you okay? And then he reacted and was like, don't talk to me right now. Um, and it just it like took me back. Like, you know, so I responded to it. <laughs> like it was probably way overblown. Like he wasn't being overblown, but like to me, I thought he was overreacting to me just being kind. And so I reacted and said, well, I'm not ever going to ask you. I'm not going to help you if you treat me that way. Um, and so we had to talk about it later on and we just had to say like, okay, my emotions are super heightened. And then when you're grabbing your head, it seemed really heightened. Um, so feelings are just kind of, you know, I've gone through every emotion. I've been sad. I've been super sad. I've been super happy. I've been like, whatever, life is awesome. I'm feeling good. And then, um, when there are actual problems, like I got into an argument with Craig and it's just like, you know, it's all over the, it's all awful, you know? So it's just being aware that your feelings are so up and down and all over the place. It's just good to know that that's going to happen. And the people that are supporting you and around you need to be reminded of it before it actually happens. Um, that's what I discovered the first few times things like that happened and I was having conversations and I'm like, even, even yesterday I had to tell Craig, um, just remember I'm on a full gram of RSO. If you need to talk to me about something, you need to do it gently. Um, because he was, he wasn't correcting me. He was just telling me something that wasn't, that was like hard to hear. And I said, you just need to be patient and you need to be gentle. And I think that's all it takes. And then, you know, cause you have to remember that they don't have a full gram of RSO in their system and they're just behaving the way that they always behave. And it's like, you're the one that is responding to them in a way that is different because you're so at a different level of <laughs> awareness. And so, yeah, just be aware that you're going to feel all the feelings 
And Colette always says, everything you feel is okay. And so I have really reminded myself that everything I feel is okay. There's nothing wrong with the way I'm feeling. Um, it's not good or bad, it just is. And next question. What's the best part? Or what has been the best what part? What has been the best part? The best part has been the, the awareness, the heightened awareness. Um, because it's allowed me to see more clearly things that are in front of me. It's allowed me to slow down and actually listen to people and really understand what they're saying. Um, and really being able to <laughs> see people for who they really are. That's been the best part. And then the other part is just knowing that this medicine is working. It's, it's shrinking down things inside my body. And when I go into surgery, I know that the surgeon is going to say, this looks great in here. Why are we taking all of this out? Um, I know there's just been so much healing going on. And um, that's really great. So what is the worst part of being an RSO? The worst part is um, there really are no worst parts because what you think is bad and awful, like, oh, I don't feel well or I have to slow down. Those are definitely challenging things. But I've learned that even in the slowing down, there's just been so many lessons about how busy life is. And you just miss life. You're, you're busy at life, but you're not actually living life. And so I think at the beginning, that was the most challenging for me was just to realize like, when your body is physically shutting down and you need to sit down, that was really difficult for me. Um, and to just release control and ask for help. So, I mean, those are the biggest lessons I've learned and I'm still learning them even today, just asking for help um, and being okay with help. Sometimes people say that's like a pride thing that people don't ask for help, but that's not it for me. It's a control. It's a control of thinking like, you know, the kids aren't, um, the kids aren't going to be okay if I can't take them to, you know, whatever activity they need to do. Or if I'm not available to just sit and talk with Nolan because I'm like, you know, completely out of it. Um, somehow his life is going to be disrupted. You know, it's like this whole control over situations and people. And in the end, it doesn't matter. Like, and, um, so I wouldn't say it's the, I don't think anything is, there's no, what's the worst. That's not even a relevant question for me. I said the hardest part has been 
I think the hardest part for my family is watching me not being able to slow down and the lesson in that taking so long for me to learn and everybody else on the outside has seen it except me until I actually get it, right? But yeah, I think the, the hardest part has just been this whole control, just knowing that I am not in control of any of it. And, you know, I can do my best every day to take medicine and be on a schedule with it. But in the end, I have no control over it. I have no control over if it even works. I have no control over any of it. So that's been the hardest, I think, lesson in all of this for me. First, it started with the slowing down and now it's to the whole control thing. It's just a daily daily thing that I'm working through. Sounds like that kind of ties into the next question, which is the biggest lesson you've learned. Mm -hmm. Which would be the control factor, right? Yeah. The biggest lesson I've learned definitely has been control. And this past weekend, I felt it so much this past weekend. Just, um, you know, it's called surrender. Just surrendering to this whole experience of being on RSO and knowing I have no control over any of it and being okay with that, sitting in that and being fine with it. So, every, you know, anybody that wants to go this route with natural plant medicines like it's not only gonna heal your body and the cancer it's really gonna bring you face to face with what you need to deal with um, plant medicines always have a way of bringing up what your subconscious wants to push down and so if you go in knowing i'm gonna find out more about what I'm feeling and who I am and what I need to work on, um, you'll be just fine going in with that attitude of, you know, you just surrender and say, what do you want to teach me? Because I know I'm going to learn more than just about my body and all of this. You're going to learn your emotions. You're going to, your spiritual life is going to open up. Um, and your intellect's gonna get out of the way because your intellect wants to tell you to like keep going, keep staying busy. You know, your intellect wants you to do what you've been doing up until this point and all that is just completely erased and you're just left with yourself. So if you go in with that attitude of like, hey, I'm not only gonna heal my body, but I'm gonna heal my, I'm gonna heal my emotion and my spiritual life and then you'll have you'll have such a good um, experience with it but uh yeah so hang in there and and get good people around you that are going to be able to listen and encourage you in this you don't want to do it alone you always want to have someone there that gets what's going on so like i just feel so grateful that I live in a state where you can actually get this Rick Simpson oil and um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for it. And 
A few more things I should mention about Rick Simpson oil before you begin, what you might experience. First off, because your body and your mind are in a different space, you're not going to be able to drive. So you just have to know that before going in, there is going to be a point where you won't be able to move <laughs> and leave the house. Um, once you get up to a level where you feel like you could get around, um, there's a lot of energy running through your body. And right now, even as I sit here, there's a lot of energy in the upper part of my legs. And some things that I've done to kind of like move that energy around is stretching. That's been huge for me. I do a lot of stretching, just trying to move it around. And um, my friend Colette always encourages me to actually move, move, like dance, which sometimes I can get to the point where I can do that. But other times it's just a matter of like going for a walk, even if it's down to just check my mail. Um, and that kind of gets your, you know, gets you moving, gets your blood flowing. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, or, or you could do CBD too. You could do that as a tincture or a gummy, um, just to kind of counterbalance kind of the energy that's running through your body. But I actually sort of like the energy that runs through my body because I know because I've been working through it for so long that this feeling I have in my upper legs is to remind me to slow down and stop having so much control. So if you think of where the energy is in your body, you can always ask, what are you trying to show me? Because the plant medicine is very intelligent and it will show you and it will tell you. And um, it's there for a reason. You might not have it in your upper legs. You might have it in your back. You might have it in your feet. You might have it through your whole body or just in your head. And that's when you need to ask, what are you trying to teach me? Um, and then the other thing I would say maybe about diet and how that's going to change. Um, you know, when people smoke cannabis and you've seen this on movies and people in your life probably that get the munchies when they're on cannabis, when you're on this level of cannabis, for me personally, it's completely um, diminished any kind of appetite to be honest. So you really have to actually keep up on, you have to consciously think about eating. Um, and there's been a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I'm actually hungry. Great. I'm going to go in, I'm going to make something or my daughter will bring me something. It'll look good and I'll start eating it. And then it's like, nope, can't do it. Like eat a couple bites and then I'm good. So you have to be very mindful of it. And and just ask yourself, like, do I need this right now? Do I want this? Um, but actually, kind of actually have to force yourself to eat a little bit. And the suppositories, when you get to that point, you know, it kind of messes with your, um, with your colon. And so you kind of, you got a lot of like weird symptoms going on down there. So you'll have to use the restroom and you know, so you might feel kind of sick. And so, yeah, the, the whole food thing for me, uh, it's been, it's been a challenge because I didn't expect that. I just thought I would be eating normal. And I, I, I literally have to remind myself to eat.
So those are just a few things additional, unless Cipriano, you have anything else that you can remember that I needed to add. Right, so no driving and food. So groceries, how, <laughs> how is groceries kind of integrated into your lifestyle? Like how I get them? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's funny one. Um, when you when you talk with your family about what you're about to experience and go into, it's no joke because you can't drive. If you don't have a mini market, like literally within walking distance where you could walk yourself, um, I'd say this is the best time to have limits on like getting places because there's uber i mean i uber a lot and so do my kids now um and there's so many grocery delivery services um that you can utilize i use instacart and i have them bring stuff from the healthiest of all the grocery stores called sprouts so i just have a consistent list on there and i just ask the kids or Craig, is somebody going to be home to go out and get the groceries from the person? And they just pull up and they grab the bags and it's done. And so it's interesting because on Instacart, they actually say at the bottom how many hours you've saved in shopping time. And so I think mine's up to like eight hours. Like you've saved eight hours in shopping time. And so, I mean, that's how we get our groceries now. So don't even have to worry about it. And there's things like Postmates and things like that. Like if you need something that's, you know, other than groceries, if you need them to go to Target, you need this or that, like there's all that stuff too. So this is the best time to be in this position. So. And uh, some people experience paranoia when they're just normally high. Oh yeah. So when you're out in public, um, do you still have that? Like, oh, do people think I'm high or do I look weird? Or like, how mm -hmm. do you process that? I think at the beginning, I was a little bit conscious of, you know, like, do I look high? Because you can see it in the face, the eyes, especially at the beginning when it was more of a head high and now it's more of a body high. I think I'm at the point now, as you, you get it in your system and you really start seeing yourself for who you are, um, and what it wants to teach you, you really do learn, like, I don't really care what other people are thinking of, you know, I'm not really con self-conscious anymore of like when I'm out walking around, like yesterday took me a half hour to walk back from taking my daughter to dance. And it wasn't a busy street, but there were people and cars and everything. And I'm just like doing my thing. I'm like, walking with my headphones, listening to music and just sort of like in my own world, but aware enough, you know, if I'm going to get hit by a car or something, but just sort of like, you know, whatever, this is, this is my journey. This is how I get healthy. So it's almost like I, I don't really care what other people are thinking. Um, there have been times when, um, you know, social media and everything and getting on a computer and interacting just, text with people and different things like that, that I've caught myself, you know, I'll hear a text come through and then I'll be like, you know what? I can't even look at that right now because I know that I'll want to respond, but I'm in a state of like at that total peak of 
the dose that I'm like, I can't possibly respond right now anyway, but then I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say or do something that's like, you know, completely crazy to the other person. So, or, you know, if I'm in this state of heightened emotions and feelings and I'm pouring out my love to somebody that just asked if like, you know, they could borrow an egg. It's like, okay, you don't want to be that person. <laughs> so that's also something you need to be aware of that like the minute people know that you have cancer, um, they want to all come in and rush at you and, and tell you they love you and I'm here for you and stuff. And it's so great. Um, but then I think people become offended when you don't, when you're not in constant contact with them about how you are. And like, um, it's harder for people to slow down and watch you slow down than it is for actually for you to slow down. And people think that you're at that same pace as them still because your relationship was already at that pace. And so when you're like, yeah, not really responding to text messages or really calling you back very quickly, people get offended by that. And um, I just had to realize that it's like, I need to heal. Like I, any energy spent on other people and what they need, like, you know, it's, I was told by one of my mentors, like that's something in them that needs to be fulfilled. Like they need you to acknowledge that, you know, they love you and stuff. And, um, you just have to be able to get over that hump of like needing to respond to people quickly and, and everything. Um, because you know your life is at stake here like you're healing and you want to get back to that place and you'll be back like hey i love you too thanks for your concern but i will be back later <laughs> let's put a pause on this and i'll be back later okay because i'm doing some major healing and that's what this medicine has shown me and and if you're experiencing that right now i mean it was just so overwhelming when i first like told everybody that this is happening. Um, and I did have some people that were like actually offended that I didn't like communicate it privately to them. And it was more of like on camera to the world sort of thing. And I'm like, there's nothing I can do about it. That's whatever's going on with you. That's not, I don't need to take that on, you know? Um, so I know that was a little bit of a tangent, but that's just like, <laughs> kind of what to expect, some additional things of what to expect when you're on RSO. So, yeah. good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being a human is hard. <laughs> being a human is really hard. So, I noticed this, especially with Chiro. So, to mm. those people out with pets, yeah. when you're on RSO, they're going to see a significant part with their pets, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, having an animal for the first time in my whole life, um, has been interesting because Churro is such a, our dog, we have a little 10 pound poodle and she is so protective. I mean, even this morning, she was just sitting on my stomach and Nolan came over and just wanted to be like, hi Churro, totally growled at her, like get away, Gr growled at him, get away. Um, 
And sometimes I'll fall asleep and I'll wake up and Cheryl will be just like in the crook of my, the backs of my knees, just like laying there with me. So, and then I ask her, are you on RSO too, Cheryl? Because you seem like, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think, I think when you're in RSO, you're just like at a different frequency. Like you're just, you're just living on a different frequency. And I think animals are, must be at that frequency because they're very aware that you have something going on, whether that's you're sick or that your body is healing. They're so intuitive, animals are. That's why they become therapy dogs. And that's not a joke. Like therapy dogs really do it. Like it, they do exist and I know why now. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. Thank <laughs> you.